Welcome to PR After Hours, your weekly cocktail of news and interviews with leading thinkers in PR, marketing, and business. So pull up a chair in our virtual lounge. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will be right back after this. Okay, listeners, so uh, did anybody else get taken in by the Balenciaga puffer jacket on the Pope? Okay, I did. I did. Okay, I did. I got taken in by that. Yeah, I mean, I just assume because he's so cool that he'd wear something that cool. And why not? I mean, he's in the center of fashion. He's in Italy. Come on now. But it wasn't. It was an AI-generated image of Pope Francis wearing this Balenciaga puffer jacket and went viral, fooling many internet users. But that's just hang with me, though. There, there's a point to bringing that up. It just seems like in the past few months, AI uh, image generation tools, and now, of course, uh, you know, with chat, chatbot G, G, GPT and all these things for writing, it, it's convincing people enough to fool people. And uh, celebrity uh, Chrissy Teigen said, she said, I thought the Pope's puffer jacket was real and didn't give it a, didn't give it a second thought. No way am I surviving the future of technology, she says. Well, okay, let's don't be too dire about this. There's some good news about AI, and particularly for all of us PR folks and marketing folks who are listening to the show, is that there are so many applications you can use with this AI that can save you time, improve your workflows, and actually is not, you know, this big doomsayers thing. It actually can be very helpful. And I have questions, I'm sure you do, and that's why I'm really excited that Michelle Sanji is with us. She's the founder and CEO of Presshook, a media relations platform that's disrupting the $100 billion PR industry. She was recently named to PR Week's dashboard list, the 25 most influential people shaping the PR tech stack. Whew. Michelle has more than a decade of experience developing, managing, and marketing businesses from startups to Fortune 500 companies. A serial tech entrepreneur, her first company, Cake Technologies, became the UK's largest mobile payment platform for restaurants and was sold to American Express in 2017. Nice. Today, Michelle's mission is to create the tech-driven productivity tools that solve the PR and media industry's biggest challenges. And I know we could use the help with PressHook. PR professionals and reporters can connect and engage with ease, streamline workflows, as I mentioned, that's a question I have, and speed quality story coverage. Michelle Sanji, welcome to the Virtual Lounge. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here because this whole AI thing's got people discombobulated. It really has. <laughs> <laughs> but you, Do we you have like, jobs or not? <laughs> right, right. Do we have jobs or not? You said it. You know, but you, like all good, you know, forward-thinking entrepreneurs, you're already on the case with Presshook. Tell me a little bit about this. Uh, what is it and, and how can it benefit uh, PR pros? Sure. Um, I think for me, um, I've kind of come from a different background, but I um, I wasn't a really great writer. Um, I'm still not today. I still have a hard time with punctuation and grammar. Um, so funnily enough, we were playing around with AI just to see how we could help others like myself and other small businesses out there, um, not necessarily some of the PR professionals because they already, you know, know and learn, know how to write pretty well, right. um, but how could we help people create a press release um, on their own? And so we kind of were just playing around with it, uh, with ChatGPT and figure out we could um, help make ourselves and a lot of other small businesses or people, even PR professionals that are having to crank out multiple releases a week, um, how can we help improve that process and that structure um, and, you know, help create that kind of content for them? Well, Michelle, you know, also, uh, I'm, I'm a smaller shop. We're a 
basically a, a boutique agency. And one thing we do, we do a lot of content creation. Mm -hmm. And all right, I'll just uh, I'll just say it real quick here. I haven't tried out, you know, um, uh, Press Hook, but I, I was recently invited by Google to try out Bard, their new AI. And I just thought for fun, because I had about a dozen uh, blog posts to write for a couple of clients. I thought, well, let's just see how this works. Astounding, astounding how it pulls it all together. And because, you know, I used to be a little suspect of it and I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if that's right or whatever. But then I realized, wait a minute, if I had to write a blog post about HRT or IV therapy or whatever for my client, where would I have gone for the information anyway? I would have gone to the Internet plus what information they gave me. And then what what would I have done? I would have pulled it all together. So what I got back was a lot of pretty good articles, but I still had to go polish them up because that's, you know, I have to make them, you know, my own and kind of make them work with the client. So. I guess I'm starting to think about it as a very uh, useful tool rather than as a threat to my job. Uh, do you think more and more folks are going to start to see it that way? Yeah. And I think too, as you said, like sometimes I use it and it spits out something completely generic, you know, and I, yeah. um, you know, how can I, you know, what should I eat today to be healthy? <laughs> but, um, but then I, I use it for, you know, it's kind of like another um, exploratory, like in, in set of, of data information that's not really Google or other like big softwares we use. Um, right. So it's interesting just seeing the results. And I think too, yeah, if you're putting together a blog or content or story, um, it kind of just gives you like new ideas and things outside yeah. you wouldn't have thought about. Um, there still takes, you know, it still needs editing and is it accurate hundred percent and, you know, where is it pulling this information from and how old is this information? Right. Um, but I think it's a really um, interesting tool and there's just so many use cases, you know, we're just, we're just developing ones every day. Like the press release was just one idea we had and it was yeah. something that just helped us do our day-to-day -day job better. Um, and then you're just starting to explore and really learn all the different use cases where it can just really help us. You know, yeah, I uh, I found that it, it was kind of, to me, it served as what well, they call them prompt. You give a prompt to most AIs, but I call it a prompt for me just to kind of get my juices flowing a little bit. And it, it actually has helped me think about different angles for the, the, the blog post our company is creating for our clients. So that's been helpful there. And it's funny, though, I just have to tell you this. I had, uh, then I want to talk just specifically about press hook, but I had a colleague who says, I don't like this. This is not good. And I said, well, I appreciate your apprehension, but do you use Grammarly? And he goes, well, yeah, but that's different. I'm like, how is that different? That's basically AI helping you write. And he just was stopped cold and he went, well, he gave me that look like I hate you. But anyway, but the point being, it, it can be a useful tool. So let's talk about Presshook. This is what I'm, I'm curious about, about Presshook. So would it be fair to say um, that Presshook can help content creators and journalists with sourcing and, you know, help us find, you know, which, you know, which journalists are, are best to pitch or is that how we would, how would, how would people use it? Sure. So for example, some journalists get assigned five to 10 stories a week, especially some freelancers I've spoken to and they get a story assigned and they have to go find sources and they're looking for content for that story on, they have to maybe go to their Twitter. They search their email inbox. They go to Google. Um, they go to all these sources, try to collect information for this one story they're writing. So we always had the idea if they could just um, put in their, 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 their request or what they're looking for, what kind of content, it could be products or brands or people to speak to. Um, how can we get that information to them and really based on relevancy and tell them why it's actually matching their request. Um, so we, you know, had this idea of doing it, but we only had the, the data that we owned, you know, mm. so we only had our own data from our own clients. 
Um, and when we just built this release that can show it when a certain, when they search for, let's say like, um, new fashion, sustainable products, um, on Amazon or something like that, our new, uh, the, the best new white, uh, uh, you know, uh, dental hygiene products, things like that, that they're right, searching right, for. We can right. now surface them a list of results automatically. And it tells them why, what is, why are these relevant and what is that based on? And that's the first time we've ever seen that level of um, automated recommendations for um, a story or some, you know, a blog article you could be working on. And then in reverse, we said, okay, well, a lot of brands and businesses are trying to find what media, and, and it could be someone like you, like a podcaster to get in touch with, or a journalist or a sub stack or a publication, which ones are most relevant for your brand um, mm -hmm. or for your story, this like pitch or press release you're putting out. So it also, we found it. It's extremely valuable that it can recommend media for that brand and give them rel based on relevancy and reasons why. And so that's yeah. been dramatically impactful. Yeah, I can see why. And uh, it's funny, I was a journalist and actually I took a little break and was a journalist again a while back and it was weird to be in the other chair again. Um, so, and if, forgive me if you said that, I was thinking about everything you were saying as you were going, but so you said, you know, you, you had to get your own data for it to to work so did you say where do you get like the journalists did, where do you find the journalists or how did did you buy lists or do you do you how does it how does it how does the how does press hook work with trying to find the right journalists sure so all the journalists on press hook have signed up they've, they've signed, signed up that's what we did a profile so we're not scraping any data there no so all the, it only brings up relevant journalists within our own ecosystem that's what um, it was just okay. from a data and privacy standpoint yep okay sorry if that went over my head i was i was thinking of something you said something else and i was like oh that'd be a good question to ask her and then i realized i'm in the interview maybe i should listen all right so michelle if it how how does it how does it work though can people check in with a free, you know, free sign up or, or do you have to immediately buy a subscription? How does it work? Yeah. So it's free for media to sign up. So if you're a journalist or a podcaster, um, you can sign up automatically and we'll approve you and you can create a profile and start using the site and start using it to source content or guests for your, um, your next pod, uh, appearances or, or stories. On the business side, we do charge businesses. Uh, we do have to make money somehow in this yeah. business. So um, businesses or agencies do pay. We have multiple subscriptions. They are very cost efficient, though. They start anywhere from $99 and up. That's pretty great. Yeah. Oh, that's that's worth every penny, I would think. You know, uh, well, I'll definitely we'll sign up as a podcaster. In general, though, when when you're, you know, let's let's step back for a second here and talk about maybe conversations that you may have had or your sales team may have had with people about this. Um, have you have you had a tough time convincing them to get over the apprehension about using an AI or uh, do they say, you know, I'll use it, but I won't tell anybody or, you know, I'm just curious because there still seems to be people just don't fully get this. There's still the, the kind of the grammar league, I think. Yeah, we get people saying that they don't want to use. We've had a couple, and it's not it's a it's a small handful actually. I'm surprised, but saying they don't want to use it because they they think it's too biased. The results of their, you know, source requests could be biased. Which right. it's funny because you know, are the other ways that you are sourcing um, sourcing your your inputs biased? We're going on Google. Is that biased? Using your own network is that biased? Looking at your own email. So. It's just, you know, I think people just, it's how they think about it. Um, and, but, you know, I think of anything that given the, given the data sets that it's collecting from, I think it's hmm. in a way almost less biased than what we are, we do personally um, through our right. own efforts. <laughs> 
Well, you know, again, you know, back to my own experience, um, you know, besides the podcaster and my agency and, and with my team, you know, uh, we broached this and discussed it. And I, and I, I came to, as I said, I came to the conclusion to me, it's a, just another AI is another good tool. And I can't wait to dig into press hook, but, um, I'm, I'm curious if you've had any feedback from customers about, about workflow, about how the improvements, because my people were, it's right back to what you said at the beginning. Oh, well, if you get, we start using that, you don't need me anymore. And I'm like, no, there's plenty of things I can find for you to do besides, you know, the real basic cranking on, on press releases and stuff like that. Um, so have you had any success stories? Anybody uh, said some, giving you some feedback? Sure. Um, I think on the agency side, they do report anywhere between like five to 10 hours a week that they can save um, per account. Um, wow. They are, you know, writing press releases can take a few hours to do um, and they have the content. They can still input the content, but letting it spit out um, and then having a draft for them to work on with their clients, um, especially small businesses. They don't even know where to start. We used to just have to send them a whole uh, class on how to do it on their own. So I think really if we're trying to democratize access to the media, you know, that does involve getting the small businesses out there and helping them understand um, how to do it. And these days it's, uh, you can start a business pretty quickly. Um, you know, you, there's the tools to do it. You can get on Shopify within a day, you can start selling. Um, but people also need that education and learning of how to reach the media in a, in a meaningful way. So I think it helps yeah. them a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And they're just helping find, like you would have to spend hours researching what media um, outlets and people are the most uh, relevant or target for your company. And that changes a lot. I mean, as you know, the media industry changes daily. Um, yes. So it's ha having to keep up with that is getting harder. So we are seeing the benefits uh, in, in time and just efficiency across the board, no matter the business and agency. You know, Michelle, I love that point you just made because turnover in the media is, I don't, I don't think it's ever been this rapid as I've seen the past 10 years or so. And you know, it just seems like it's it's multiplying. Exactly. And I think a lot of media journalists are, you know, we have this uh, huge changeover to them become a lot more freelancers. Um, over 30% of uh, media on our platform are freelancers and they have their own media empires. They have their own podcasts. They have their own sub stacks. They have their own social media channels. It's really, you know, trying to find what they are speaking about next, which is less about editorial calendars and other traditional PR ways. Well, I, I'm all good with this unless they start, you know, uh, doing AI podcasts because then I'm really going to be mad. <laughs> seriously, this I'll is never what get I love your personality. <laughs> oh, that, well, they, that might be a they good might. thing, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be downloaded when I pass away, so maybe I could, you know, host podcasts in the future. Who yeah. knows? That'd be, yeah, it could I help think... you find new topics, you know, new yeah. uh, to discuss, new trends, help you find guests outside mm. of your own network. Um, so. It's true, you know, back to what you're saying though about just just when you rent these very expensive, subscribe to these very, I'm talking as agency, okay? These very expensive media lists, which, uh, and I'm not gonna name no names because it's, I understand it, it's tough, but you know, the ones that say, well, we update these regularly. Well, it, they don't seem to be able to keep up. And um, it sounds to me as if this this AI could, could keep up a lot faster because I, I don't know if they're manually updating lists, but I've I've paid a pretty penny over the years for different companies, <clears throat> excuse me, media lists. And it's often an exercise in frustration because particularly when you're buying, let's say, let's say we're creating a press release, soon to be done by Press Hook, by the way, but let's say we're creating a press release, we, we use their distribution, we, we fire it out and we get back like, 
I've had one time it came back one fourth, fully one fourth of the list I selected from the uh, from the list bounced, which is crazy and makes me go, why am I spending thousands per year on this, right? So I'm really interested from that aspect to kind of to kind of dip in and see on the agency side how this will would work and maybe it could be a a real game changer for particularly for smaller agencies like mine. Yeah, and that's why we don't scrape media um, because it you know, the, the changes can't be updated as quickly. So that's why we ask the media, they do sign up, they create their own profiles, they own them. They own their profile, that data, their preferences in there. Um, and they use it so actively that they do change it because they want to see that we don't send them a, a, a information that isn't relevant to them and what they write or speak about. So I do think just letting the media own their own profiles has been more impactful. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Well, can we switch, switch gears just a little bit before the time we have left here? I appreciate you, your, your thoughts on all this, but I'd love to know, um, you know a little bit about affiliate marketing as well. I'd love to know your thoughts on some strategies for how the, a lot of the brands that we as an agency work with or, uh, or brands that listen to the show, how they, how they can be successful with affiliate marketing. I'd love your thoughts on that. Sure. So we absolutely um, tell brands that they, it, it, being on an affiliate, if you're a product or if you're a CPG brand is almost required in this day and age with mm. publications. Um, they do prefer them. They're more inclined to um, not select you from a list, but to keep um, including you in for future stories. It is a revenue stream for them as well. And it's growing. It's sometimes up to 15% of their overall revenue and it, they get to still make money, but in a, uh, in a more organic way without, yeah. you know, ads and things like that on the screen. So uh, I think affiliate marketing um, has been amazing. It's a win-win for both sides. Brands can get in a publication and if they get purchased through that publication, um, the publication can take a, you know, a fee of that. And there's a lot of affiliate programs out there. Um, most publications are working with skim links in some capacity um, on, on top of that. And, I think that like, it really depends on what percentage you want to give away. I think that's about your, what type of industry you're in, um, your margins, things like that to look at. Um, but it is a, it is a good way to give back to that publication who does write about you. And if you are going to take off and get thousands or million dollars in sales through an article, it is a nice way to, I think, give back to that, um, that publication that's, that's writing something very nice about your product or brand. Right. And just for the civilians out there who might not be involved in either side of this or listening, you know, people complain all the time. And Michelle, stop me if you if you've heard this, <laughs> but don't. I'll go ahead and say it anyway. People complain about, oh, well, I, I hate, uh, you know, I hate, um, you know, stuff that's subscription only. I hate reading the first paragraph of a story and then I have to be a subscriber to read the rest. Well, what are they supposed to do? It's like you said earlier, we got to pay the bills. You know, we're a business and uh, news and websites and everything else are businesses as well. So one viable way to do this, um, it, to at least supplement these companies who are giving away some really great content is to, like you said, right, uh, click on their links. Um, this this helps them. This might prevent things from being, um, you know, paywalled and, and all sorts of things. Um, I had not realized that some com some organizations are getting oh, as much as 15 percent of revenue from affiliate yeah. links. It's incredible. And too, yeah. And I think that the, they have affiliate partnerships with Amazon and the big retailers who do give them a percentage. But if you have your own affiliate program, they can link directly to your site, which is what right. most a lot of brands do prefer, unless you want to drive traffic traffic to a retailer. Um, right. They're already set up on affiliate. So I do think it's important to have your own just so you can get more traction to your site and collect that data yourself. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from the retail side, like I read Wirecutter out of New York Times all the time, and it's exactly. all it's all linked back to Amazon, right? So yeah. there you go. But you're talking, of course, if you have your own company and or your own brand, it's definitely something to look into. Oh, it sounds great. Well, hey, Michelle, this has been great. How do people learn more about PressHook? Um, you can come to our site. It's PressHook.com. Um, and again, we are a platform um, that. Uh, is a place where PR professionals or brands can set up their brands with an online profile. It includes a digital media kit, brand assets, affiliate links, images to make it easier for reporters to discover and cover them. So but, please visit yeah. the site. Um, we do have a couple, if you Google press release generator, I'm pretty sure we're the top results. That is a free tool you can check out and use um, and let us know what you think. I saw that. So can anybody just try that out? Do you... Yeah, you got a few uses. Um... <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to make my year on it, but I, I want to try it out. I think that's fantastic. Um, very good. Very good. Uh, Michelle Sanji is the founder and CEO of Presshook, a media relations platform that is truly disrupting the $100 billion PR industry. I've learned a lot. In fact, I made notes here while you're speaking because I don't know enough about affiliate stuff either, Michelle. So I'm going to go check out your site right now. Uh, Michelle, thanks again for joining us here in the virtual lounge. Thank you. Do you want to start a service-based business or become a freelance writer? Or maybe you are one, but you're figuring out the things that most people figure out. And one of the hardest things about starting a freelance business is finding clients. So you do all sorts of things, right? You change the rates on your website 10 different times. You go back and forth on every proposal, always undercharging because you're scared to charge too much. You offer services you don't love because you think more opportunities will come your way. Listen, I learned this the hard way. That's just not true. If you can relate to anything I just said, I've got something for you to hear about. And this is especially for you if your monthly revenue is inconsistent, you're struggling to make at least three to five K per month, and it's hard to find those dream clients the gurus keep talking about. Well, listen in. My friend Joe created a resource to teach you the shortcuts that took her years to learn. In her free copywriting class, she teaches how to write high converting copy and shows you the steps she uses to pitch her services and connect with clients. If you've been wanting to niche into copywriting, develop your writing skills, and learn how to position yourself to attract better quality leads, just take a look at her free class. All you have to do is go to thevirtualmama.com slash alexcopy. That's T-H-E-V-I-R-T-U-A-L-M-A-M-A.com slash A-L-E-X-C-O-P-Y. And of course, as always, don't worry. It's in the show notes. Click the link in the show notes and find out if copywriting is right for you and if it's a way for you to be your own boss and succeed. Hey, she's Chica. And he's the man. And we are a monthly podcast featuring two friends who've never met in person. But we have a great time. She's an actress, a poet, and a screenwriter. I'm allegedly a writer, but I don't sell anything. And every month we get together and just talk about our lives. The difference between living in LA and Kansas City. I don't know, different foods we like, or our genealogy, things that irritate us, all that stuff. And we're also people who can answer your questions about your own life. So tune in every month to Chica and the Man. And where can you find us, Chica? Chicaandman.com. When you go there, you could go to our Facebook page and our Instagram. All the links are there. 
you've been invited to a good time. It is your decision whether or not to accept. With Chica and the man. You know what that means. It's last call here at the Virtual Lounge. Be sure to visit PRAfterHours.com for links to what we discussed in this episode and more. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time for another round at PR After Hours with Alex Greenwood. 